morning, church, and what a wonderful day it is to be in the house of the Lord. I have the privilege today of introducing our speaker to you, and this is Pastor Alicia Hart from Omaha, Nebraska, and we had some time to spend together yesterday. We went back to the living room to the spot where God miraculously touched my son, and he was able to walk for the first time without assistance. And he said to me, Mom, you remember that lady in Greenville? When she preached that sermon, she said, keep walking. And so we, have the, we had the privilege yesterday to kind of shout and rejoice, and Neil was just so excited to see her again. We had such a wonderful time. And I know, without a shadow of a doubt, you're going to have a wonderful experience today as we enjoy Pastor Alicia Hart from Omaha, Nebraska. Amen. Well, you know what? I, I'm honored. I'm privileged. I'm excited. I could hardly sleep last night. You know, something happens when you have a certain level of expectation that the king of the universe is going to meet you where you're at. Something happens when the king of glory steps into your hotel room and says, you better get ready for tomorrow morning. Something happens when the one that says miracles, signs, and wonders follow me um, comes and says, I'm going to do something just like that tomorrow morning. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be here, Bethel Christian Center. I'm excited for everything that God has for us. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you all this morning. And, and I look much forward to everything that God has uh, for you and for me in the house this morning. Pastor Westbrook, Pastor Carol, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so honored. And for Pastor Carol, I just want to do this. You might have had to be here last week. So she told me, she said, God convicted me. And, and I said, was I really flipping my hair? I didn't even realize it. It must have been the anointing. <laughs> and to Neil, oh my goodness, my heart is full. I have a new BFF. And, um, you know, it, it, it's so awesome when you see the Lord do what only the Lord can do. I remember seeing uh, uh, Pastor Westbrook at a uh, conference in Scottsdale uh, a couple of months ago, and he said, you know, you, you remember when, when you came and you, you were there and, and, and Neil got healed? I said, I remember what the Lord did when he healed Neil. And, and there's something about that, that, that that's so powerful, and I believe that that same God is in the business of healing today like he healed Two years ago. Anybody believe that this morning? Anybody believe that, that he is in the business of healing? Anybody believe he might just heal this morning? Anybody believe he might just set free this morning and he might just deliver and he might just speak into your financial situation and he might just speak to that prodigal and he might just do a new thing this morning? Anybody believe that? All right, I'm in the right place. I am in the right place. My husband sends his greetings from Omaha. Uh, you know, I'm actually a West Coast girl. I'm from Seattle. Go Huskies. 
And um, so he sends his love and greetings. We have twins that turn 14 tomorrow. So I'll be taking a flight today because they said, Mom, we dare you to not be here on our birthday. So I'll be taking a flight out this evening back home to be with them. And, and I would just ask that you would continue to lift us up in prayer because when you have 14-year-old twins in your 50s, you need some prayer. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Um, you know, I, I feel a little bit like Jacob this morning, um, being in Bethel, uh, Christian Center. Uh, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, the gate, the gate. Somebody say the gate, the gate of heaven. And I believe God is going to do something supernatural in this gateway this morning. Spirit of the living God, do what you've purposed before the very foundation of the earth. Come and invade this place. Do a supernatural thing. Do a new thing. Don't let any of us leave the same way that we walked in. Somebody say, I don't want to be the same. I don't want to think the same. I don't want to move the same. I don't want to breathe the same. I want something to transform in my life that I've never seen before. God, come and prevail. Come and be miraculous. Come and be big. Come and be mighty. Come and be all-powerful. Come and do what you have ordained for this moment in time. Do it, God. Have your way in this place. Do it right now. Somebody say, do it now, Jesus. In the name that is above every other name. That is the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say amen and amen. All right. Well, if we can turn our Bibles to Isaiah, I just want to start there. Isaiah 43, and we're going to just go someplace. I, I, I had what I thought I was going to preach, and then the Lord kept waking me up last night, and so I have a scribbled sort of message because I don't know about you, but I want it to be pertinent. I want it to be from the throne room, and I want it to do something to set someone free this morning. Amen. So we're going to start off in Isaiah uh, 43, a very probably familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, verse 15 says, I am the Lord. Isn't that a great way to start? I am the Lord, your holy one. Someone say, he's my holy one. The creator of Israel, your king. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things. See, Isaiah's readers uh, are reading of the deliverance of their ancestors, you know, out of Egypt. And he says, don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Come on, somebody. Behold, I will do the king of kings. Behold. I will do a new thing now. 
now it shall spread. Behold, I will do a new thing. When is that law? Now it shall spring. Somebody's going to get this in about uh, 10 seconds. Now it shall spring forth. He didn't say tomorrow. He says, now it shall spring forth. I want you to jump up. I, I won't be here next week, so if you guys hate me, don't worry. Come back. Jump up and tell three people, now it shall spring forth. Now. Go tell three people, now. Touch and agree. Now it shall spring forth. Now it shall spring forth. Now. Now. Okay, we're in church. You guys can't cheat. You only told two. Come on. Where's the third one? Now it shall spring forth. See, because here's the thing. You can never underestimate the power of a moment. You can never underestimate the power of the moment or of a moment. In one moment, you could be driving down the street singing your favorite song on the radio, worshiping and praising, and in the very next moment, life could come to an end. In one moment, I'm speaking to married people, you could be without child, and in the very next moment, you could be hallelujah, with child. Now, you might not know it for a while, but all it takes is a moment. In one moment, you could be bound for hell. And in the very next moment, you could say, I believe that God sent his son, his only begotten son. He walked the face of the earth. He was on the cross. He died and he rose again from the death. And in that next moment, eternity is your portion. You can never underestimate the power of a moment. You can never underestimate that. And we're rapidly approaching moments when time is going to do something in all of our lives, we, as children of the King of Kings, must be aware of the time and the space that we're in. Anybody believe that? Yeah, we have to be aware of the time and the place that we're in. See, it's possible to be living in the same time as someone but be living in another day. It's possible to be in the same space as someone but be in another place. Come on. See, we're all in the same space right now, but who's thinking about lunch? Hallelujah. Right? So it's possible that we are all collectively here, but it's also possible that someone is maybe mentally in another place. I was recently, well, prior to COVID, I was on an airplane, and I was coming back from Brazil, and... Uh, I was sitting on the aisle, in the aisle seat, and the uh, person that was sitting um, right next to me was getting what I called the good sleep. You guys know what that is, right? And the person kind of started making up a song in the sleep, and she was like, shh. 
I'm kidding. But I'm just saying. <laughs> and so that was the place that she was in. And then I was sitting there and I was watching this movie and, and you know, I don't know how wise it was of me to be sitting there watching a movie that seemingly was getting more and more sad as it progressed. Like, if I really was wise, I should have turned it off. But I continued to watch it and pretty soon, like I'm doing the ugly cry in the aisle seat. And so I have my hand up and I'm trying to remain somewhat dignified, right? And, and, and I'm like this, and, and the tears are coming down, and every time the flight attendant walked by, I tried to act like something wasn't, you know, going on in my life right then. And, and that was the place that I was in. And then right across the aisle, there was a gentleman that kept saying, another Jack and Coke, please. Another Jack and Coke, please. Another. Jacques and Coq. And that was the place that he was in. See, we were all in the same space, but all of us were in another place. And so it is with time and space that we are able to be alive during the same time as some people, but, you know, we don't really realize that we are often in the same space in another place. And so we know that place and time have to do with geography and chronology, but it also has to do with mentality, spirituality, and awareness of the moment that we're in. Anybody not aware that you're at Bethel Christian Church? Because we'll just stop right now and pray. Awareness of the moment. Somebody say right now. Right now. I'm aware. I'm making a conscious decision to be aware that God might just do something in this moment. See, as Christians, we talk typically about two types of time, right? We have the chronos right? That's a measurement of time. And uh, it says, it, it, no matter who you are, no matter where you live, we all live within the government of the chronos. It's a measurement of time. That says there's 60 seconds in a minute, right? There are 60 minutes in an hour. We all get that, right? And it doesn't matter who you are. There's 24 hours in your day. Whether you're in Antarctica or you're in Africa or you're in Europe, it doesn't matter. If you're king, it doesn't matter. If you live on the street, it doesn't matter. If you're skinny, I'll keep friends here this morning. It doesn't matter where you come from. We all must function and live within the government or the guise of the Kronos, right? We're all living within the functionality of the chronos. And then there's the kairos. Before we get there, the chronos, that's why we wear chronometers, right? If two people are doing the same thing at the exact same time, it is synchronized. If you were to tell me your life story and the order in which it occurred, it would be chrono-logical. We all live within 
the government of the Kronos. Amen? Everybody in the Kronos with me this morning. And then there's the Kairos. The Kairos is a moment in time that presents itself that was not available to us prior to that moment. What'd you say? I'll say it again. It is a moment in time that presents itself that wasn't available to us prior to that moment. It's good, isn't it? Some people say it's coincidence. I say it's when God, who created time, steps into time and does something that was not possible prior to that moment. That is a supernatural moment. That's when things happen that you don't have an answer for. Come on. That's when things happen when all you can do is say, look what the Lord has done. That's when you know it had nothing to do with you, your mom, your grandma, your job, your cousin. You know it had everything to do with the all-powerful, all... Yeah. And that's... That's the Kairos. It's when God opens up a portal and pours out a blessing that you can't even contain. And you're like, look at him showing out. Look at him showing out. He does the miraculous. You know, um, that's when goodness and mercy begins to follow you all the days. Of your life. Okay, I have a story totally has nothing to do with the message, but you guys will like this. So I was in Africa preaching, and um, I was getting ready to, to go out and preach, and uh, I was sitting there with, um, I think it was the pastor's assistant, and one of, uh, a, a young man comes in, and he said, and, and, and she says, um, that's, uh, that's goodness. I want you to meet goodness. I said, hi, goodness. It's so, it's so nice to meet you, and, and I'm, I'm so glad to be with you today. This is such an honor and such a privilege, and, you know, we, we kind of talk, and he leaves, and, and then the assistant says, yes, we'll have to introduce you to Shirley and Mercy. Late, not kidding. This pastor clearly got a revelation that he wanted to say, Shirley, now like Laverne and Shirley, okay? My date and myself. So, Shirley. So, he clearly wanted to say, Shirley, goodness and mercy, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. And I don't know about you, but there's something to be said about Job. Decree a thing and it shall be established. It shall be. I don't know what's going to follow you, but, but surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me. Okay, that was just a free one. It's not part of the message. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. And so I, I remember a time I, uh, the Lord had told me to go and pray for my maternal grandfather. He was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and, and I, I, I didn't really know what his stance was with the Lord, and he was on hospice, he had dementia, and, and the Lord, there came the time when the Lord said, you got to go now. You've got to go now. And so I remember getting my ticket and going, and for the first four days, we could not even see him because he was kind of just out of it. He wasn't uh, coherent and, and, and really responding well. He was, he was a little irritated with everything, and, and I said, God, 
you told me to come. And so I was obedient to that. And so I trust that whatever you need me to do, I trust that whatever my assignment here is shall come to pass. And an hour later, I got a phone call. And my mom says, the nurses have called. It's time to go see grandpa today. And I said, hallelujah. And so we went and we spent about a half hour. And we're talking and he's completely in his right mind. And he's reminiscing and, and, and saying all of these wonderful things. And then all of a sudden, out of, a, out of the blue, he says, he looks up. And he looks at all of us. It was my two sisters and my mom. And he says, who are you? Get out of my room. I said, okay. And my mom immediately got up and she, she scooted us out because that's not how she wanted us to remember grandpa. And as I got up, I, something rose up in my spirit and I, I said to my mom respectfully, mom, I need to pray with grandpa. I knew that my window was upon me. I said, I need to pray with grandpa. And she kind of looked at me because it wasn't a question. It was very much a statement. And she said, okay, well, let's let the nurses get him from the chair to the bed. And, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see if you can go ahead and come back in. I said, okay. And I went in the hallway and I called the office uh, at church and I, I asked them to call the intercessors and begin to pray because I knew that a porthole from the supernatural realm of where my king lives needed to open. And so they came out and they said, okay, you can go ahead and come in. And, and I had been saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, now I, I don't really know how to approach this because I don't want to ask him to repeat after me and not really believe it in his heart. You guys know what I mean. I, I want him to know that what he's praying is something that, that he has within himself and he understands it. And God said, just, just follow me. Just follow me. So I went in there with no plan. Have you ever gone into something that was life and death you felt like and you didn't have a plan? But my word says that he goes before me and he comes behind me and he's a fence all around me. And so I stepped out in faith knowing that this was his deal and not mine. Amen. And so I walked in there and I said, Grandpa, I said, do you know who I am? And the nurse, when, when she let me in, she said, now, you know, he's not really there. So just, you know, just kind of make it quick because he might start getting angry. I said, okay. I said, Grandpa. I said, do you know who I am? And he looked at me and he said, why, yes, darling, which is what he always called me. He said, I know exactly who you are, Alicia. I said, okay. I said, Grandpa, I was just wondering if I could pray with you. At this moment, I still didn't know where we were going. He said, yes, I would love for you to pray with me. Now, I, I should have prefaced this with he's been Catholic his whole entire life. In fact, he said, I, I have my rosary beads right here. That's what he said. And I'm thinking, okay, great. So I said, well, let's just pray. I said, Father in heaven. And he said, hallowed be thy name. And the Holy Spirit said, repeat after him. I said, hallowed be that name. He said, 
thy kingdom come. I said, thy kingdom, thy will be. And I repeated the whole thing with him. And then the Holy Spirit said, now ask him if he would repeat after you only if he believes what you pray. And I asked him that. He said, okay. And I said, Grandpa, now, now if you don't agree with what I'm saying or what I'm praying, you don't have to repeat after me. But I want you to believe this in your heart and confess this with your, come on, somebody. If you believe this to be true. And so he said, well, yeah. He said, oh, I won't say it, darling, if I don't believe it. And I said, okay. And so I commenced deleting him through the sinner's prayer. And at the very end, I said, in Jesus' name, he said, in Jesus' name, amen. He said, amen. And he opened his eyes and he looked at me. He said, who are you? I stood up with tears in my eyes and I said, just somebody that's a little girl that will see you in heaven, sir. Goodbye. And I turned and I walked out of that room. And I said, God, you wrote his name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And on his dying bed, he passed away just shortly after. Because it is not your will that any man perish, but that all. There was a moment in time. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. There was a moment in time that God opened up a portal. That was a Kairos moment. He said, in this moment, I will make James Nixon lucid. In this moment, because my will for him is to be in eternity with me, I will open up something that was not possible prior to that moment. And every so often we come to a moment when God steps in and he shifts a situation. He shifts a circumstance. He shifts something that was not possible before. The God that created time that is not subject to time steps into time and does something radical. Radical. In our lives, he is the God of the miraculous. He is the God of miracles. He is the God that speaks out of fire. He is the God. Oh, goodness. I don't know about you, but that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. And we all come to times where we experience tipping point moments in our life tipping point can i use this stool for just a sec is that okay pastor is that okay don't get mad at me whoever's coffee that is and we experience moments that are tipping point moments can you guys see okay there is this better over here Sometimes in our life, I just want to use this as kind of an example. Pastor Carol, I just flipped my hair. I felt that. <laughs> Have I done that a lot of times? Okay, 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 okay. 
And we're faced with things very often where something is before us. And let's just say that this was a car and I needed to flip this over. Well, automatically I'm defeated, right? Like little me, big car, where's Jesus sort of thing, right? And, and, and we're looking oftentimes at this big mountain that seems seemingly impossible to move, seemingly impossible. How am I going to take this thing or how is this situation going to shift in my life? A tipping point is when something becomes irreversible and unstoppable or something is going to happen now. So there comes a tipping point very often where the thing that is seemingly, so if this was a car and I was trying to lift this up and, and, and flip this over, it would be nearly impossible at first, right? And, and I would be lifting and lifting and lifting and lifting with all of my might, but there comes a point in time when the thing that has been working against me begins to work for me. There comes a point in time where gravity will shift this thing and the thing that I have been working against, the thing that I have been praying against, the thing that has come against me will begin to work. Somebody's not hearing me this morning. Will begin to work on my behalf. And everything will begin to shift and then it will begin to work in my favor. There comes that tipping point moment. Somebody say now, 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 now. And it come, goes from being very difficult to being very easy because that which was against me is now for me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon. If God be for me, who could be against me? I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And God is saying, Bethel Christian, I'm stepping in. I'm stepping in. Now, now. Now, now, now. Hit your neighbor now, now. Now, touch your neighbor now. Now, now. Touch your neighbor. Good students. Touch your neighbor and say now. 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 I'm reminded of the three Hebrew boys in a very fiery predicament. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. knowing it's getting ready to go down. Have you ever been in a situation where you knew your back was against the wall and if God didn't step in, you really didn't know how it was going to turn out? Am I, talk, am I in the right church this morning? Where you knew that if the king of kings, Pastor Ken, if he didn't show up, 
then you didn't really know what tomorrow was going to bring. You didn't know what the next hour or 10 minutes was going to bring if, if he didn't show up. And such was the case for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who refused to bow to Nebuchadnezzar. Right? They refused to bow to the king who was saying, you know what, just worship the idols, just worship all of these things. And they're saying, you know, that's just not happening. That's just not happening. And, and guess what? You know, we don't even really have to be talking to you. This is Daniel 3. We don't even really have to be having dialogue with you, king. But, but we'll humor you. We'll, humor, we'll, we'll go ahead and have a discussion with you. Because we want you to know that, that our God is able. That he most certainly is able. But if he doesn't do it in this moment, he is still God. If he doesn't do it in this, he is still God. He's still high and lifted up. He is still on his throne. He is still almighty and all-powerful. He is still Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Tiskanu. He is still my lily in the valley. He is still the rose of Shea. He is still the great I am. He is still. Just so you know, he's able. So Nebuchadnezzar was fired up, pun intended. Fired up. He was so mad. The scripture says he heated those gallows, pastor, seven times hotter than what they normally would have been heated. He said, get them ready, throw them in the furnace. Heat that thing up like it's never been heated up before. They've disrespected me. And how many know that the enemy walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Isn't that what Peter tells us? He's looking to throw you in the fiery furnace. He's looking to put you in that place that will consume you, that will steal your dreams, that will kill your joy. That's his, that's his job. That's all he longs for. And so they've heated the furnace. Let's go to Daniel. Let's go to Daniel 3. Is this good, everybody? Yeah. Daniel 3. Let's pick it up with uh, the 21st verse. The scripture says, Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, somebody say, the king commanded it now. Now. It was urgent. Right now. Because of that, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 24 says, then. 
Verse 24 says, then. I figured someone at Bethel would ask me what the definition of then was. So, here it is. It means at that time, in other words, now. Now. It says, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, true, O king. But then, then there came a moment. Then the God of all glory, that's still in the business of doing what he did then, of doing the same thing today, stepped in. He opened up a situation that was not there prior to that moment. And can you just imagine? The floor has opened. The three have fallen. Shadrach? Is that you? Are we really walking around in here? You don't feel anything either. You don't feel, it's not hot to you either. We're just in here. What's going on? What? What? What except? These flames are all around. They are consuming this blood. What is going on? Your hair's not on fire. Your skin's not melting. Can you even imagine? What's going? What's going? We're just here. Wait, wait a minute. Is this the, the, the one? Father. They were in a now moment. Yeah. And the creator of time stepped in. In the flesh. In that you can never underestimate of a moment. Are you aware of the moment that we're in? The only way oftentimes the situation will change is if God steps into it. There are those of you this morning that need a physical touch. There are those of you this morning that need a financial touch. There are those of you this morning that have been warring for your grandkids, that have been warring for your children. There are those of you that have been crying out to God about your job. There are those of you that are in a liminal situation. You're not quite here and you're not quite there. There are those of you that have had sleepless nights because of migraines. There are those of you that have high blood. There are those of you that only God knows. 
There are those of you that have been fighting depression and there are those of you that are wounded from childhood scars that you keep oppressed and every once in a while you open the closet door and the enemy yells at you. Hmm. There are those of you that are trying to keep your natural mind and it was all that you could do to get here this morning. Am I at the right church this morning? Yes. But then verse 24 has a little bitty adverb, then, then. And all the, although the enemy has turned up the fire in many of our lives, this morning, I wonder if someone might just say, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. The king of kings the one that knew me before I was in my mother's womb, the one that called me by name, the one that knows my tomorrow, the one that fearfully and wonderfully shaped me in his image, the one that knows me better than me, that knows how many hairs are on the top of my head, that catches every tear that I cry. He's here! He's here, and he's here right now. Yes. And that means the way maker is here. That means the bill payer is here. That means the healer is here. That means the reconciler is here. That means the eternal one is here. Yes, good students. I've been in class all week. He's here. And when you get a revelation and you dare to believe, that's when he says, well done. Well done. You've given me permission to step into this now. Thank you for stopping trying to do it on your own. Thank you for concluding this. Thank you for laying it at my feet. Thank you for believing I might just, and today might just be the day. Thank you. God is saying something that we started out with. Bethel Christian Center, he's saying, behold, I will do a new thing. Behold, I will do a new thing. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Now it shall spring forth. Now it shall spring forth. When? 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 Yes, now to him who is able. Come on, now to him who is able. Ephesians 3.20, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think. When right? Now, now to him. Now faith. Oh, come on. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. When? Right now. Right now. Is anybody not here right now? That was a trick question. I know. Okay, okay. But we're all here right 
now. And God is saying, behold, right now, right now, I want to do it right now. And the one thing that I want you to see about Daniel, the one thing I want you to see, if we could go to verse 27, we're going to wrap this up. Verse 27 says, And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Somebody say, no power. No power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. The only thing... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lost in the fire were the ropes that held them bound. That was the only thing that they lost. The thing that kept them, the thing that the enemy tried to ensnare around them, the only thing in their now moment, God set them free. In their now moment, he released them and nothing could touch them. That's the only thing they lost was the thing that kept them bound. <laughs> 